before I start my message, <laughs> I have a couple announcements. Um, we have, uh, on our church manual, church book, we have quite a few people that are not attending our church anymore. We have a list of people that have been on the list for the past 10, 15, 20 years that have not been coming. Some have moved away, some uh, are not here, some have deceased, yet still are on the list. What that means is that we pay for each and every one for our insurance. So we have worked with um, individuals who've been here for a while to um, clear out the list. And these, we made the list of people that we will be uh, removing from our church list. However, the list of people will be going into the conference office list so in the future. If they ever want to transfer their membership, they will not be coming from our church membership, from our local church, but from the conference to the church that they desire to move to. So the list is out there if you want to look at it. And uh, if you agree, if you find anybody that you say, you know what, this person shouldn't be moved, should be here, then please let us know and we'll be voting for these names next week. So please keep that in mind and this list is out there on the table. And for those who are, were not here, uh, we'll be having a fire drill at the end of the service, so please do not panic <laughs> as it was discussed during the children's story. We'll be having a fire drill, so keep that in mind and please exit through the your exit through your nearest door to the lower parking lot so that we can all go out to have lunch together afterwards. Let's have a quick prayer before we start. Father God in heaven, we are here to listen to your word. Please speak to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, <clears throat> in my college years, um, I didn't have a lot of money. So what I did was that I didn't go to Nordstrom to buy clothes. I didn't go to Amazon to buy clothes. I didn't even go to Walmart to buy clothes. Guess where I went? I went to thrift stores like Goodwill and Salvation Army and whatnot. Guess how I looked in my college years? <laughs> well, I was young. That's about 20 years ago. I was young and a lot more slim than now, so I looked good in that sense. But my fashion, oh, that, that looks pretty bad. If you look at the photos of my college days, nothing's matching. Like the color, the size, the fitting, it's all whatever I could find. So I would say I looked about the same as my college days and now. <laughs> After, except that I put on some more pounds. On, um, but other than that, I think it's about the same. After I got a job, I was able to buy better clothes, and after especially I got married, my wife said, no, 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 get rid of all those things. <laughs> Let me get you something different. <laughs> so I look a little more decent now. The reason why I tell you that is because today's topic is about used coat. That story is found in 2 Kings 2, 1 through 15. We don't have time to read that story, but it's the story about Elijah and Elisha, how Elisha has taken over Elijah's job as a prophet of God. Elijah was the greatest prophet in the history of the Jewish nation. And Moses and Elijah were the two best prophets that they have. They were proud of them. Now, Elijah, his name means my God is Yahweh. And he reformed Israel, and he fought with 
how many false prophets? One, two, 850 prophets, false prophets. James 5:17 says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it didn't, did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So Elijah was just like you and me. But when he prayed, heaven was shut for three and a half years, and it opened again after three and a half years when he prayed. Do you think you and I can pray and it will rain? And it will stop rain? He wasn't like anything special. He was just like you and me. But because he prayed and God listened to his prayer. So that's how great of a prophet he was. And when he prayed, the fire came down from heaven. Does that happen when you pray? <laughs> we wish. <laughs> but that's exact the same person. He was the same person as we are, except that he had greater faith than we did. We do. Elisha, on the other hand, his name means God is salvation, like Joshua, Elisha, same thing, salvation. Uh, he's a successor of Elijah, and he was from a wealthy family. How do we know that? Basically, just like you know, like someone, like today, someone who, whose father has a great enterprise and you become the heir and you soon, when he, he dies, you will take over that enterprise and you'll become the CEO of that big company. That's who he was. How do we know? When Elijah went to see him, what was he doing? Plowing the land with how many people, servants, and how many animals? It says 12 sets of oxen. So that's how many oxen? 24. Or maybe more if you have more, but it's at least 12 sets. So it's basically like you have 12 sets of tractors like, far, like farming at the same time. He's managing. He's not doing the work himself, perhaps. He's managing his servants, his man, to work for him. So he's got a great, like he will be, he will inherit that huge and great farm and he's already in the manager's position because he's working for his dad. So he's got a great future set up. Because you say like farming, oh yeah, farming, uh, I, I, I mean, we have other things that make a lot more money. But back then, that was the greatest job. So he's got his life set up. He's, his father was a rich man. And all of a sudden, imagine Elisha. He's working, now he's got like a lot of men working for him. He's got a great piece of land like huge plot, he, he's working at his, far, his dad's farm, and all of a sudden, this homeless-looking man with dirty clothes, looks like he hasn't taken a shower for like months, comes over to him from nowhere, and he throws his dirty cloak over him. You remember that part? He does that, and he's like, who are you, excuse me, what are you doing? <laughs> That's exactly what happened, but do you know what that means? What does throwing your mantle over someone, like a young girl, what does that mean? It means follow me. Be my disciple. That's exactly what that meant. But on the other, other hand, uh, one of the commentators says that that means I want to adopt you as my son. That's the adoption process. Elisha, who knew exactly what that meant, 
could have said, no, I'm not interested. Please, please go somewhere else. Why? Look at, look at me. I have my future set up. See what I do? I mean, I don't have to worry about my future. My future is all set, all planned out. And if I follow you, what can you offer me? Look like, I, do you have a house? Was, was Elijah a, a rich man? What did he have? Did he have a lot of money? A nice house? He was living like a homeless man. What kind of clothes was he wearing? Bible says a hairy coat, like a, a coat with a, with a fur or hair. So maybe some kind of animal. And then he had a leather belt around him. And maybe a pair of sandals. That's all he had. So if Elisha, this rich man who has a bright future, were to follow Elijah, this homeless man who has nothing, what do you think his future is going to, be, to turn out to be like? He'll be just like this guy. No home. Everything to worry about <laughs> because now he's not going to be having all that farm and all that money that his father is going to give it to him, his future is going to be like very much unlike, you don't know what's going to happen, you just have to follow what God gives you, what God tells you. That's exactly what's going to happen. But, but what does Elisha do? He doesn't think twice. I'm going to follow you. And he says, just let me go and say bye to my parents. I'll just come right back. As a matter of fact, he killed his animals and gave, it, gave them as an offering right there, right then. And he followed God. That's exactly, follow Elijah, exactly what happened. Now, if you move on <coughs> to um, go on down to the story, Elijah is about to be um, transformed, and he will go to heaven in that fiery chariot. And Elisha is kind of biting his nails, like, what's going to happen? Oh, man, I don't know what's going to happen. And Elijah tells him, stay here, and I'll go to Bethel. And he goes to three different places. He does that in one day. And Elisha says, okay, let's, let's just read that part. Um, 2 Kings chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 1. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a windwheel, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives, and you, as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. If you read on, this happens three times. Stay here, Elisha said, I'm not leaving you. As, as long as you live, I'm going to be following you, sticking you around the whole time. That's what he says. Three times, three times. Does that remind you of something? Didn't Jesus do something similar three times? He said, like, Peter, do you love me? Or like something before he went up to heaven. Do you love me? And Peter says, well, you know that I love you did that three times. I don't know if there's something, some kind of relation. Maybe it's something for us to study later on, but that's exactly what happened. And Elisha said, you know what? I'm not leaving you. Wherever you go, I'm going to follow you. 
he followed Elijah wherever he went. Are we going to follow Jesus wherever he goes? Are we going to stick with Jesus, whatever happens? That's what we should do. Even leaving his family background behind, all his wealth, all his future, he followed Elijah to the point where he said, I'm not leaving you, whatever happens. Are we ready to follow Jesus, whatever happens? Leaving everything behind? Are you ready? That's what we should do. Elisha did that, and that's what we should do, we should do as well. When he followed Elijah, what was the reward that he got? Elijah, <clears throat> what kind of life did he live? He lived as a man of God. He lived a life of a prophet. And as a result, kings wanted his head. Is that true? Yeah. He was homeless. He ran like an animal in front of Ahab, Ahab's chariot, and he fought with the false prophets. And then Jezebel wanted his head, and he ran away from her. Such a dramatic life. And when Elisha said, I'm going to do the same, what kind of life did he live? Instead of this comfortable life where he doesn't have to worry about food, finance, his future, everything was set. Now he's living, same thing, like a homeless man. Remember the things that he experienced, the miracles that he performed? The, the she-bears and the boys? When they came in, like, you bold head, you go up to heaven too. And the bears came out and, and uh, herded the boys. How about the widow and the empty jars and oil? And he healed the water and he, the, he blinded the, the um, Aramean army. Remember that time? The fun time. And raising the dead. And how about healing the Naaman, healing the, the general Naaman from his leprosy? All of those things. Those excited things happened. But he lived as a homeless man. And people wanted his head as well. But he chose that over his comfortable life. Are we living a comfortable life right now? Is your career set? Is your life set? You have a beautiful path set before you, or you have lived your life comfortably, and now you are looking for some comfort. Now you're retired, and you're looking for something very, very easygoing and comfortable life. And here we find Elijah and Elisha. They gave their life to God, and they lived a such a dramatic life, a life that you and I may not have experienced, something that you go so close to dying, someone coming after your own life. And they willingly gave up that comfortable life to have that dramatic life just to work for God, just to be the man of God. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? The places that he went, three places, um, Bethel, Jericho, and Jordan, they were actually the locations of the school of the prophet. 
So he wanted to go and check those places out before he went up to heaven. But those are the last things he did on the same day of, of his, his, him going up to heaven. And according to um, a state Bible commentary, page 2850, three schools of prophet, that's what they were. And if you read on, it says there were 50 men that came out to see him going up or them crossing the Jordan and them, uh, him going up. But those 50 men were not all the men from the prophet, the school of prophets, meaning there were more men studying, like the theology school of the time, which Elijah erected. So there were a lot of people getting prepared, getting trained to be the men of God, like the next prophet of God. And Elisha says something really, really interesting from our scripture reading, and we'll study what that means later on. And in verse 8, they go across the river Jordan. What do you think that symbolizes? What did crossing the Jordan River meant? What did it mean for the children of Israel when they crossed the Jordan, when they came out of Egypt? It meant their baptism. So now, Elisha is getting prepared for his ministry. And what is he, what is he doing now? What is Elijah doing to Elisha? He's baptizing him in their water. So they cross the Jordan River. And now Elijah is asking that question. Well, Elijah uses his rope and hits the water of Jordan River. It, it divides into half, just like Moses did. And they walk on that dry land. And Elijah says something. Let's go find what, what he says. Uh, verse 9 of chapter 2, 2 Kings. When they had crossed the Jordan River, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what can I do for, for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, not. So, <clears throat> Elisha is asking for what? A double portion of the spirit, his spirit. What does that mean? And we'll find out what this Elijah's robe and what that meant. So, Elijah uses his robe to part the Jordan River. And he uses it to perform a miracle. And when he is taken up in the chariot, and he promises, if you see me taken up in the chariot, then whatever you have asked will be fulfilled to you. But if you don't see that, that's not going to happen. Was he taken up to heaven in the chariot? Was Elijah taken up? Yes, he was. And he left something behind. What did he leave behind? His cloak, his mantle. He left it behind. As he was flying up in the, in the chariot, something fell from the sky. That was his jacket, his coat. That used dirty, hairy coat was fallen from the sky. What does Elisha do with that? He picks it up. And then he goes back. And what does he do? On his way out, he meets the River Jordan. And what does he do with that? He rolls his coat 
just like Elijah did, and he hits it. And what happens? The water parted, and he walked back on dry ground. Now, there's a lesson here. The clothes that Elijah had, and he gave it to Elisha, he picks it up, and he uses it to perform the same miracle that Elijah did. What does he do after that? What does he do with his coat? Puts it on. So Elijah's coat becomes Elisha's coat. That used coat becomes his. Now, when we become Christians, we are clothed with what? The robe of righteousness. The robe that Christ wears becomes ours. It's covered on us. Now, did we do anything? No, we have done nothing. We have done nothing. We only have accepted him, and his righteousness covers us, and we became righteous. That's called justification. And later on, just like Elisha took Elijah's clothes, we take Jesus' clothes, and that cloth becomes ours. Somewhere along the line, we have accepted his clothes. We have done nothing, but that covers us. But along the way, we have to make Jesus' clothes ours. Elisha did the same thing. He, took, he picked up Elijah's coat, put it on him, and he performed his miracle with it. That coat became his coat, and he became the man of God. We have to do the same. The coat that Jesus provides for us, yes, we have done nothing, but he puts it over for us. He puts it on over us. It becomes ours. But later on, we have to make that coat ours. His character, his righteousness has become ours. Have we made that journey? Have we made that journey? Making Jesus' coat, his robe of righteousness, ours. That's what we have to do. And the request that Elisha made, saying that, I want the double portion of your, your spirit. You know, someone else was asked the same question. Who was it? What do you want? Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Who was it? It was Solomon. God said, you know what? What do you want? I'll give you money or a long life or being able to defeat all your enemy or your fame, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. And Solomon prayed, God, please give me what? Wisdom. Elisha rather asks for what? A double portion of your blessing. Oh, what a greedy man. He wants double. <laughs> what do you think that meant? Well, obviously, he wants to be like Elijah, the man of God, the greatest prophet. But here, it means something very, very unique and interesting. Deuteronomy 21, 17. We're not going to go there, but basically it means there is the same phrase is used, double portion, double portion. What does it mean to receive a double portion? Who receives a double portion? According to Deuteronomy 21, 17, the one who receives a double portion, you know it, what is it? Who receives the double portion of the blessing, of the inheritance? The firstborn. Yes. 
among all the sons, the firstborn receives the double portion of the blessing, of the inheritance. So Elijah here, Elisha here is asking what? Of all the sons of or the prophets, the school of prophets, there are many, many. There are 50 right there on the other side of Jordan River, and there are more who didn't come, but there are a lot of other prophets in training. They want to be the prophets for the future prophets. Elijah said, you know what? I want to be your first son. Please take me. Because that was a sign. When he threw his coat over him, that meant, follow me, be my disciple. At the same time, it means, be my son. That's what it meant. And Elisha is saying the same thing. I want to be your son, but not just any son, your first son. That's what he meant. But you know what? Guess what? When Elisha asked for a double portion of blessing, do you think he got the double portion of blessing? Yes? How do we know? He saw the chariot. Yes, that was a sign. But was there a proof? Yeah? Now, this is interesting. Go and, and study this. The number of miracles that Eliza performed, how many miracles are there? He performed a lot. Fire came down and, you know, like, a lot of things happened. If you study the Bible, there are 14 miracles that Eliza performed. Guess how many miracles Elisha performed? 28. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> God, he, he's just an awesome God. <clears throat> Elisha only asked, you know what? I want to be your firstborn son because you wanted to adopt me. I gave up everything. I want to follow you. I want to be your firstborn adopted son. And Elijah, Elijah said, you know what? If you see this miracle happens, yeah, that, that, will, that will happen to you. And God says, oh, that's what you wanted? Yes, I'm really going to give you a double amount of blessing that Elijah had done to you, Elisha. And he performed, well, number of miracles, we can't really judge. Like that, that cannot be the, the exact gauge. But what we know is that Elijah performed 14 Elisha performed 28. Elijah may be the greatest prophet in history, but Elisha, on the other hand, has served children of Israel for a lot longer, a lot more. So did he receive the blessing, the double portion of blessing? Yes, for sure. Now, <clears throat> about receiving the Holy Spirit. Elisha received the Holy Spirit the double portion of the Spirit. Now, how did he receive the portion or the Holy Spirit? That's the key. We need to know how to receive the Holy Spirit so we can do the same. How can we receive the Holy Spirit? What is the example that Elisha shows us? What did he say? Whatever happens, I will follow you. I will follow you. Someone else says something similar. Whatever happens, I'm going to follow you. Who said that? Ruth. Yes. Ruth said, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. According to Elisha's example, we have to follow our master to receive the Holy Spirit. Are we following Jesus? 
let's think about this. The disciples, when they followed Jesus, did they receive the Holy Spirit? Yes. When Jesus went up to heaven, when they ascended to heaven, what came down? On the Pentecost day, the Holy Spirit came down. When Elijah went up to heaven, as a sign of him, Elijah, receiving the Holy Spirit, he received the Holy Spirit. Just like that, when we follow Christ, when we follow Jesus, we can also receive the Holy Spirit. Do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? Do you want to be the follower of your master, Jesus? Friends, would you like to follow the calling that God is calling you? Be my child. Follow me. Be my disciple. Do you want to be God's child? Do you want to be God's child? Amen. Would you like to make Jesus' coat yours? Yes. I pray that you and I will make the commitment to make his coat, coat of righteousness, mine, ours, mine, so that his character can be mine. Would you like to receive the double portion of the Spirit? Yes. Do you want to be the heir of God? To finish the work of God. Oh, there's one other thing that I, that I forgot to mention. What's the purpose of God giving us the Holy Spirit? So we can brag about it? No. According to Acts 1.8, you have received the Holy Spirit so you and I can be the witnesses for God. So when you and I receive the Holy Spirit, we become the witnesses of God. Do you want to be God's witness? And I pray that you would keep this in mind and you'll pray to receive the Holy Spirit so you and I can be the witnesses for God. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you for giving us this story of Elijah and Elisha. Lord, we want to be, we want to take your call and be your child. Please make us your son and your daughter so we can be your heirs. And Lord, we also want to receive the double portion of your spirit. Please give us your Holy Spirit and make us to be your witnesses. Help us to follow you, whatever happens, so that we could be your child and follow you. Bless us, Lord. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have a closing song. Oh, closing song? No closing song? Closing song. And then the fire drill afterwards.